remember growing up in the church and what did they tell us that you never talk about at Thanksgiving? You never talk about politics and you never talk about religion. Funny thing is uh, Thanksgiving is nothing but politics and religion. And yet we can't talk about these things in polite society and we certainly can't talk about it in the church. Hey everybody, welcome back to the intersection of faith, family and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. DJ Mixmaster Mark on the microphone. <laughs> so together we founded our nonprofit filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. Thank you for tuning in today as this will be the last episode of 2022. We will be signing off at the end of today's show to reflect plan and prepare for what the Lord has in store for 2023. Take take a guess how many episodes total we have done of this show. I I don't actually know because I was actually just looking at stats <laughs> of how many plays just this year and countries that it's been in. This is episode 180. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been at this for a little while. Yeah. We survived through the first 100. Yeah. So just this year, we've had over 17,000 plays, and it's been in 43 countries. Wow. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what, you know, and it's all word of mouth. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a lot of things that we do marketing-wise, because we end up getting shut down everywhere. So... <laughs> Hey, what happened? <laughs> it's not like, hey, what's the point? But, you know, we're starting to... Um, get traction in certain Mm -hmm. places. And it's been fun connecting with, you know, believers all around the country and around the world and just being able to share information and come together Mm -hmm. for righteousness and truth. Yeah. So we have some, we have some excellent content to leave you with on this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. As we leave you for the year, we're actually not going to even post any reruns. We're just going to, we're just going to go. We're going to break and let it's you have a break. Just go on a break. Just let everybody take a break <laughs> for the holidays. Because um, we were talking about it. We have been basically going nonstop for the past year. Almost two, I would say. Yeah. Because we started during the pandemic. But it, re- but it really started, it was a year ago, right about this time, when we, we had just finished the Mind Polluters. Oh, yeah. And we premiered it right after Thanksgiving, right? Yes, it was two weeks after Thanksgiving, or the week after Thanksgiving, actually. The the weekend. I'd have to go back and look at my calendar. It was like the weekend after (laughs) Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we had no idea how well it was going to be received, but Micah Beckwith opened his church up to us down in Noblesville, Indiana. Yep, it was the 28th of November. Life Church down there. Wow, it'll be a year it's been out. Yeah. Wow. And we really had, because we had no money to market it, so we had no idea how it was going to be received. (laughs) From that time of that first screening, it just went like wildfire. Well, and and let me just, let's just pause for a moment. Because when there is this misconception that if you're making movies, you must have money. Yeah. And there is such a small percentage of people who, I mean, I can tell you there were 72 people who helped mm-hmm. us, who helped finance through our nonprofit, Fearless Features, mm-hmm. um, who helped us get this film done. And, and, would, and the impact that, yeah. that 
if you can just imagine, if, and if everybody gave just a little bit of something, a little bit of something is better than all of nothing. <laughs> and we are eternally grateful for everyone who has given, even if it's $5, oh, yeah. $20. I mean, people have... You have no idea how far that goes in getting things done. Yeah, the Lord really multiplies it. Mm-hmm. When we... It's it's difficult for us because because especially with the mind polluters, it got so... It blew up so quickly, and we really didn't have the mechanisms in place. Not like when you're doing a theatrical run and you and you get the box office numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, most people have the, teams that they can work yeah, on stuff. Yeah, and you get you get attendance <laughs> numbers, things like that. We got attendance numbers for the first handful of screenings, and after that, it was just a free for all. Yeah. So we can only estimate how many people have seen the film versus how many have. Um, actively contributed, you know, to making the films, and it's yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how the Lord takes really single digits <laughs> percentages <laughs> yeah. of people to make this thing really work. And uh, Gideon's army, yeah, it really is. We, we <laughs> always start off and go, we need this many hundred thousand dollars. You know, and we lay, and the Lord says, here's what you can have. Yeah, we lay out our budget. <laughs> Lord, this is what we need. And he says, that's nice. Go go start. <laughs> so that's what we do. So please yeah. be in prayer for us through the holidays. Because yeah. um, we, are, we are working uh, very diligently right now on dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a, about... 10 times the load of the mind polluters. Yeah. Well, and and just to remind everybody too, you know, Giving Tuesday is just around the corner on November 29th. And it's the biggest single day celebration of generosity around the world. And it's been an incredible year for us here at Fearless Features, but there's still so much more that we could do. And we just want to be sure to put it on your radar. If you would like to send a tax deductible gift before the end of the year, um, you can text the word fearless to 80888 or you can also give online at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give today is best day ever <laughs> so with that so, you know well because i will say it's been interesting we we tallied up how um many we guesstimate how many we thought have probably seen the film mm-hmm. just in the u.s because it blew up in the spanish version whoa yeah um, but through the 250 screenings that we have on record, we have guesstimated, um, just tallied up sort of the numbers that we got from our screening partners and at least a hundred thousand Yeah. and DVDs have shipped to all 50 States. <laughs> so, you know, there are more people who continue to see it. More people trying to set, I got Utah and New Jersey and Nevada. I have people all over still calling Missouri, mm-hmm. um, wanting to set up screenings and we're grateful because when they call, they're asking to show the film to their representatives, mm-hmm. to their senators, to their school boards. And wow, I never, never in my wildest dreams could I imagine that the Lord would take something and make it what it is today. And really, truthfully, when we make these films, that's we don't sit down and say, okay, now how can we craft this to get to state senators in Texas? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is all 100% the people. We the people. <laughs> we, we really don't. We sit and we, we, our prayer is that we can just tell the truth. Yeah. Expose the truth and stick to that. If you have seen the mind polluters, you know that it is not... 
it is obviously not intended to be a political film. Mm -hmm. It's not about the R's and the D's. The only party that gets specifically called out is the Republicans mm -hmm. because of their inaction. So um, I think it just shows that truth matters. Yeah. It does make a difference. So one current event issue. So or so tell people then when we come back what our podcast is going to be kind of reformatted. Well, we really um we Mark and I have sat down and we talked about it and there's so many of you listening and you're looking for information and what we do all day long is we sit and we research and we're constantly <laughs> studying these things and trying to understand them and just always asking how does this relate to what scripture says and how can we apply it? How does it apply to our lives today? Mm -hmm. And how can we help make the world a better place? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go be salt and light. Yeah. And we realize that people are busy. We're, we're busy too. We have, <laughs> we have three children and uh, we understand the, the, the push and pull of everyday life and running to school events and after school events and, yeah. and on all the things. But so we realize that a lot of you don't necessarily have the time. When we say do your own homework, well, I realize a lot of people don't have time to do their own, home, yeah. own homework. But we do. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We do the homework and then we make it into a movie. Yeah. And so. Um, so we're excited to share all the homework. Yeah. So we're, we want to <laughs> share more of our homework. Specific topics through seasons. So that's yeah. what you're going to see in the new year is we will focus on um, really specific topics. And it may be five episodes of one topic. It may be 20. It just depends on where the Lord leads and really what we're studying at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we're going to go in the new year. Yeah, We'll, we'll still talk some, a little, some about current events, but we're not going to spend whole episodes just on reading news articles. No, because there are so many books. And I think that's the thing, you know, especially learning um, just about education and how we have over 50% are functionally illiterate. Mm -hmm. I, we just, you realize what a blessing. If you know how to read and you can understand what has already been written from, from authors in the past, you know, and even being able to read your Bible, you can mm -hmm. discern what's out there, but unfortunately there's so many people who can. So we really want to be able to share books that we've been reading and, and help people educate people that way, because there, there is so much when they talk about the misinformation. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> it goes both ways. And we really want to give, give all of you as our listeners, um, a checklist tools, yeah. you know, things that you can actually do instead of just talking about how terrible things are. <laughs> <laughs> what? But we that's get, fun too? We get sucked into it the same as everybody else. And we forget sometimes, you know, we, we sit and stew in this stuff all day. Yeah. So sometimes that's all we have to talk about. Mm -hmm. But we want this podcast to be um, more of a educational, educational. resource. Yeah. yeah. So, um, on, so that's what's coming. On that note, I do have one <laughs> <coughs> current event uh, that that I would like all of you to pay attention to, especially if you are in, in our home state of Indiana, especially a little angry. Um, also Ohio. Uh, there are, so there are 12, maybe you have heard about this, the respect for marriage act. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me tell you what's going on here. This is HR eight, four Oh four. Okay. This passed in the house of representatives. And 
let me just let me just give you the perspective here of who sponsored this bill. You ready? Mm-hmm. His name is Jerry Nadler. Idiot. <laughs> I thought you were going to play him. No. Well, that is him. That's Idiot. That's Jerry. Duh, Ashley. So Jerry Nadler, one of our all-time favorites. Uh-huh. Uh, little troll. Anyway, the Respect for Marriage Act. The reason why I say especially Indiana, okay, our one of our state senators, Senator Young. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> who just got reelected. Who just got reelected for another six years, waited until he got reelected, and then he voted on. So this hasn't passed the Senate yet, but he voted in one of the procedural votes, voted yes, along with 11 other Republican senators for HR 8404. Which is? This bill, let me read straight from congress.gov. This okay. bill provides statutory authority for same-sex and interracial marriages. Specifically, the bill repeals and replaces provisions that define, for purposes of federal law, marriage as between a man and a woman, and spouse as a person of the opposite sex, with provisions that recognize any marriage that is valid under state law. Okay. In other words, we're now codifying into federal law mm-hmm. same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. The bill also repeals and replaces provisions that do not require states to recognize same-sex marriages from other states with provisions that prohibit the denial of full faith and credit or any right or claim relating to out-of-state marriages on the basis of say, sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. Now, let me tell you what it doesn't say. What this bill will do is it will place a great big target on all religious organizations. Mm-hmm. Your church, your Christian school, mm-hmm. any uh, nonprofit especially that does not recognize same-sex marriage is going to be targeted. What this does is it gives the IRS gives the federal government, the Department of Justice, legal ammunition to now go after and start prosecuting. Well, that's what they needed their 87,000 new right. IRS agents right. for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This has been the plan all along. And so so Heidi, we've, we've, got, we've got some audio here from our friend Heidi St. John. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's going to talk some about this sorts of things as it relates to what has happened to the Republican Party in particular. Mm -hmm. But if you get on the Internet, you can go to Congress.gov. Leave a link to it. Yeah, look up H.R. 8404. And you can look up and see if your senator... Um, was one who voted for this. They are going to try to ram this stuff through before they lose the House. Mm -hmm. So the lame duck session of Congress, they're going to do as much damage as they can on the way out. And these rhinos, one of which is our state senator, um, they need to hear from us. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so... Want to talk about Heidi St. John, where where we got this audio? We went out and visited her back in June. June June of 2022. We went to Washington, traveled all the way to Washington. Vancouver. And it was a fantastic 
interview. And it, and it, it's one of those things when we're making movies and doing these interviews, we always have so much from the interviews that never make it into the film, of course, because you can't share all of them. Mm-hmm. You end up speaking to people for hours. Um, but so it is, it's really such an honor to have been able to sit with her and, and talk with her and just even the things that, that we're going to share even today um, and just bring you guys in on the conversation because this is happening all over the country. Yeah. And of course, we haven't shared a lot of the audio from Dysphoria. So Heidi was actually the first person we interviewed for Dysphoria. Yeah. She's in the film. Um, and while we're in the midst of the uh, the editing right now, um, this is audio that uh, there, we have three different se- segments here with Heidi, but she it's just so pertinent to where we are right now as a nation. Mm-hmm. And as someone who just ran for office, uh, now when you can tell when you're listening to the interview that this is this is before pre this is before the election. Yeah. So this is in June. Um, but just to hear her perspective on these things is really quite amazing. So let's give a listen to Heidi St. John. So I've been running for office now for a year and a half. I threw my hat in the ring really, really early. When I came into it, I had an impression in my mind about what the Republican Party stood for and what the Democrat Party stood for. And the biggest eye-opener for me in all of this, and it might be why God asked me to run so that I could see it from the inside out, was that we can no longer as parents assume that just because someone puts an R behind their name, they're gonna stand for what is right. I just came from a, a Republican national event and I listened to Republicans openly talking about how we need to start softening our stance on abortion, softening our platform when it comes to our defense of marriage between a man and a woman. We are in a battle right now that is far beyond Democrat and Republican. We are talking now in the realm of good versus evil. And so you've got to be able to do your homework. When someone announces a run for office, you cannot just go, oh, they're a Republican. This is what they believe. You've got to do your homework. You've got to ask them questions. There are alliances being formed, political alliances. And I've watched this happen to my horror over the last year and a half. People who obviously do not stand for the things that God stand for, who will run under the banner of Christianity, who will get into churches, who will begin to masquerade around as someone who they are not, and a Republican or a conservative platform will actually fall for it because they just heard a few good words and never listened to policy, never listened to where these people have been or where they're going. So the questions become, at least for me, when someone wants to run for office, I wanna know, do you have a lifetime record of standing up for what is right. Because we need to ask ourselves really important questions now in the Republican Party. So I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative. I still uh, would align most likely with the platform of the conservative party and of the Republican Party. But as a general rule, we are seeing people come into the party right now who are trying to remake the party. And so I asked a question at a conservative rally a few weeks ago. I said, what is a Republican? Let's ask, let's go back. What is a Republican? Because we don't know anymore. And in the same way that you see people say, well, what is a woman? Why are we asking ourselves these questions? Oh, I know, because we've now had generations of indoctrination to come in and confuse people to where they don't even know what the definition of a woman is anymore. I think the same thing is happening to the conservative movement. The Republican party was founded because we wanted to abolish slavery. 
That was the entire reason that the Republican Party ever even came to be. And so we need to start asking ourselves questions, really important questions. What does it mean to be a Republican? What does it mean to be in politics? And for me, the questions are very, very clear. Uh, is, the, is the cause that I am fighting for just? Is it a just cause? Is my position right? Will it advance uh, the cause of liberty, which is what we stand for here in the United States, right? And do we stand for freedom for all individuals? You see, the founding fathers in the United States did something that no other nation on the face of the earth was willing to do. And they were willing to say that our rights don't come from government, they come from God. And we have learned very painfully in the last several years in the United States that what the government thinks it can give you, the government will also be willing to take away. And so we need to start standing for the principles of freedom and for liberty and stop running. I heard someone say uh, that we need to, that we'll never win an election. This was so shocking to me. I saw Republicans openly saying that unless we soften our stance on moral issues and become more like the Democrats, we will continue to lose elections. Well, when I stand before God, I guarantee you, he will be less concerned with whether or not I won an election and or whether or not I stood for what I knew was right. We need to stand for what we know is right. We stand for life from the very, from conception to natural death. We stand for life, we defend life. Why? Because God defends life, because God is the author of life. So that's why. So if we don't know why we're standing for what we're standing for, we'll fall for anything. It is a, to me, this is a very clarifying moment for us as uh, as a nation and for the political parties as we're watching the, the left get farther and farther and farther off into the weeds. And I'm watching some people now who would say that they're conservatives, but the things that they stand for are not conservative and they do not stand for what I would consider to be a traditional Republican platform. We've got to be better listeners. I said to an audience the other day at a political event, wouldn't it be amazing if we saw a move of God in this country that brought true healing to the country and it happened in the political realm. Because right now the adversary owns the political realm. So what would happen if God's people decided to engage and we started asking the hard questions? What do we stand for? What is important to us? And I would submit that we must stand for the things that God stands for. If we can't stand for what God stands for, then we're gonna fall for whatever the world is pushing up as the issue of the day. And right now we're learning painful lessons about what it means when we elect people into these positions of authority who don't have wisdom and, and lack discernment. We need people of discernment and not only discernment, they have to have the political will to do what's right, to stand up for the unborn, to say, no, I will actually put myself in the position of taking the darts and the arrows from the opposite side of the fence so that I can stand for freedom and stand for what I know is right. And at the end of the day, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it the best. He said, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. The question is, what do we think is worth fighting for? And are we willing to actually fight for it? That's the question that this generation needs to ask. Oh my goodness, that is so good. And just, we all do need to act. We all need to take action. That's, that's what we do right here with our podcast, yeah. with our movies. We see people engaging and getting involved. And I can't even imagine, you know, Glory to the Lord. I can't even imagine if we actually saw 
a political revival mm-hmm. towards the Lord yeah. in this country, in this nation. And we said on the last podcast, the Lord, the Lord is, is able. Absolutely. <laughs> All was, was not lost. I was just reading the, the story of Jonah this morning. Go mm-hmm. and read the, the book of Jonah is what, two pages. And in the, in the end, you know, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh mm-hmm. because he thought that they deserved to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the Lord through a series of unfortunate events, sent him to Nineveh (laughs) and he delivered the message where to the people Mm -hmm. and the people started to repent. And then the King of Nineveh repented and declared across the kingdom that everyone should repent before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Jonah was mad. Yeah. And he went and he sat on, sat outside the city and pouted about it. <laughs> and the Lord chastised him and said, basically, do I not have the sovereign will to, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, relent? This is what we talked about last week. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we have to keep engaging. We have to engage even more. This next segment of audio I have from Heidi's interview, she's talking about something called populism. Mm. which is very interesting. And this is not something that you hear a lot of people talking about, but she makes a very good point here. So let's listen into this. And populists take um, a lot of different kind of ideologies and they try to meld it into one. Mm. So we're going to take some of the Democrats' ideas and some of the Republican ideas, and we're going to mix, mix it to whatever wind the political, whatever direction the political wind is blowing in, that's populism. And we're seeing more and more people now who self-identify as conservatives, but they're not, they're populists. And that's how we got in this mess in the first place. I had to really understand what is happening to the party that I've identified myself with, right? Because it's the platform, right? The, the policies are what we should align ourselves with, right? But we become more about personality and less about policy. And as we become more about personality, we've seen the rise of populism in the United States it is dangerous to freedom. Populism is dangerous to freedom because we're not looking to see what are the policies that we should be advancing? What are the policies that promote liberty? Why don't we wanna be socialists in this country? Why do we rail against collectivism, right? Because we believe in the principles of the free market and of liberty. Liberty believes that, uh, that we give equal opportunity. Populism looks to equal outcome. And when we start looking to equal outcome instead of equal opportunity, we're going to see a, we're going to see a collapse in our American political system. And I actually think we're this close because we're watching people now talking openly, not about conservative values, but about populism versus progressivism. And boy, oh boy, those are both ditches and we need we need not fall into either one of them. This is a dangerous time for freedom. It's shocking to me to see what's happening to the conservative movement. Absolutely shocking. So now what do people do? I mean, they have to do their whole, homework. Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. You have to do your homework. You can no longer. So my race, for example, I told you guys about the race here. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that Trump has endorsed who voted for Bernie Sanders in uh, in the November or in the primaries in Oregon. He's a 10 year Democrat in Oregon, votes for Bernie Sanders, moves over into my district now, claims that he is conservative and yet pushes these socialist ideas. Right. Um, Ten thousand dollar per child tax credits. Um, he's pushing, making sure that the rich don't pay their fair share. He's a socialist. But because Trump endorsed him, people are willing not to listen to his policy. They're only interested in the personality behind him. 
they're not interested in his policies. And policy, this is why I keep saying the church needs to be involved. Why do you care about politics? Because politics determines policy and policy shapes a nation. We better be concerned with policy. So we're going to have to do our homework. We're going to have to start staying up late at night and getting past the narratives of the mainstream media. I don't care whose media platform it is. As far as I'm concerned, my run for Congress has taught me that 99% of them are corrupt. The polls that you see come out and tell you how a political candidate is doing can be bought. They are bought, in fact, and they do it to disenfranchise the voters on the other side. They do it to make you think, oh, that guy's already going to win. So why should I even go and vote? And we're going to have to speak loudly and confidently about the homework that we do on these political candidates and stop listening to endorsements. I don't care whose endorsement it is. Stop listening to endorsements. I said a long time ago, I'm not after the endorsement of any, of any one individual. I'm after the endorsement of the people of Southwest Washington, who I have served for the last 20 years. Those are the endorsements that should matter to the people that live in these districts. And unless and until we get back to the door-to-door politics that we used to have, neighbors talking to neighbors, and, and churches engaging, I think we're going to continue to slide toward populism. And that's scary. So people need to do their homework. Most people don't even know what populism is. So when you hear programs on Fox News, positive populism, you better find out what it is. It's not conservatives. I guarantee you the conservative movement will not be recognizable if populism takes its place. Oh, it is so, so good and so true. I I was just so fascinated after that interview with her in June. And I'm excited to share it with all of you because I can tell you, matter of factly, Mm -hmm. it is going to be a very contentious legislative session coming January across the United States in every state house. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a budget year here in Indiana. So things things that are going to be set. I mean, you just see it. So what she was just saying there, you know, going door to door, talking with friends, please look up local groups in your community that you can connect with. We are so much better. It reminds me of the um, conversation. We haven't played it here yet, um, but with uh, Attorney General, former Attorney General Curtis Hill mm-hmm. and asking him the same thing. OK, what do people do? And I said, you know, it's it's you're just bombarded constantly Mm -hmm. day in, day out with all of these things. And one of the things that he said that has really stuck with me and he said, make sure you find like-minded individuals in your community because you're going to have to like split the load. Everybody's going to have their own part to play one body, many parts, you know, the Lord designed it that way. We all have a job to do and you can make a difference right in your local community. And it is policy. Policy controls the nation. I can't tell you how many bad policies we see through these bills getting filed, whether it be um, the local or state level, even the federal level, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to be paying attention. So absolutely, whatever whatever the Lord is calling you to and getting involved in, I can tell you education is a huge, huge battle that really needs good, conservative, righteous, value-minded people yeah. in and I would remind people too, if you have, if you don't know the story of Inwood Drive, mm. if you've seen the film or maybe even read the companion book, um, that is such a prime example of why there. It's so important for for people to get involved because what was it that brought down George Klopfer, the the infamous abortionist? George Klopfer, by all. <laughs> It was a volunteer in the back room. Yeah, it was volunteers in the back room at Allen County Right to Life. Unpaid volunteers who said, you know what, I'm 
I'm good at going through paperwork and checking line by line details. And that's right? exactly they, what they did. These and aren't people that are driving down to the state house and testifying. Nope. That's for somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. You don't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that you have to do something. Like when I think of going door to door, I think no. I I hated that when I was a kid selling the world's greatest chocolate bars. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> but you know what? I'm really good at is making movies about it uh-huh. and doing research and sharing it on a podcast. Uh-huh. And then someone else who's listening picks up the baton on that and goes, "Wait a minute, what? What'd you say?" And they they take that and then they take it even further and then maybe they can get it to a policymaker. Yeah. Well, same thing. Same thing with the mind polluters. We have watched. We have watched um, senators take the movie and mm-hmm. do movie tours. Oh right. my goodness, Senator Bob Hall out in Texas. Mm-hmm. He did a, like two week long movie tour where he took it everywhere to in his in his district yeah. and showed it to his constituents. And because people need to understand and know what's happening, yeah. but all of our all of our grassroots. Who, organizations that took it, churches that took it, and take it to the people. Yeah. Yeah. There I, I, I always think of the I always think of the you know the the lowly unnamed, underappreciated volunteers sitting in the back room in Allen County Right to Life going through line by line yep. termination of pregnancy reports. Yep. And finding those discrepancies. That those those were the five stones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those were the and the one stone that took down Goliath. Yeah. That was it was there. It was. And and sure was. Um yeah. So, so you make a difference. You, you do make a difference. You matter. So <laughs> I'll never forget the one of the first first times that I volunteered my my producing services and I and I asked the gentleman who was running this nonprofit what can I do to help? And he looked at me and said, I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, what can I do? I don't know. What do you do? Well, that's what you can do. The Lord has given us all gifts. Yeah. All right. So I got one last uh, parting parting gift here from Heidi talking about a little bit about Thanksgiving since we're okay. in the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll close it out here. The Bible is very clear about the importance of government. I don't know when we got off the government train, but we got off of it somewhere along the line. Because I remember growing up in the church, and what did they tell us? That you never talk about at Thanksgiving. You never talk about politics, and you never talk about religion. Funny thing is, uh, Thanksgiving is nothing but politics and religion. And yet we can't talk about these things in polite society, and we certainly can't talk about it in the church. And so I decided to do what I've been telling my podcast audience for 10 years to do which is to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And then the Lord just said to me very clearly, you can't ask them to go where you're not willing to go. And so in February of 2021, I threw my my name into the ring. Uh, and I have been, uh, I have learned so much. And in fact, when this is all over, girl, I'm going to write, write a book. Because people need to understand what's wrong with our politics. Politics in and of itself is not dirty. Politics is an inanimate object, an inanimate object like money. What makes money dirty? What we do with it. What makes politics dirty and accessible? What we do with it? Who is speaking for us? That's what makes it ugly. That's what makes it awful. And so I believe we have a leadership crisis. I also believe that the best days of this country could very well be ahead of us if we could get a handle on it. And people of conscience, instead of just lobbyists and people motivated by the far left and the NEA and all these corrupt organizations, were pushing the political needle one way or the other because that's what's been happening for years. And so we, my family and I, Uh, We laid it all on the line. We prayed about it for weeks before I threw my hat in the ring. We called people that we knew all over the country from our speaking and from 
homeschooling circles and people that we respect. And we said, hey, we think this, this is what the Lord's asking us to do. And what if we, what if we ran for office and not a single one of them came back and said, we don't feel like you should do it. They all confirmed what we knew we were hearing from the Lord. And, uh, and listen, you know, I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I know the sound of his voice. So this wasn't a question of whether or not I would win. It was a question of obedience. And that is what every Christian needs to be asking themselves right now. What part, Lord, do you want me to play in protecting the next generation and securing freedom for generations to come? Because God has a part he wants us to play and everybody has a role to play. And for too long, the church has decided, now nah, this isn't our role, we're gonna get out of it. Well, when good people get out, of any sphere of influence, I don't care if it's education, entertainment, evil will always fill the vacuum. Now that's not to say that there are that there are Christians who definitely do a disservice to the Lord. That's not to say that Christians have the answer to everything, but we know that God's word is very clear on everything from the sanctity of human life to what it means to have a nation flourish. And God's people have access to that and they need to be running for office. And that's a huge part of the reason I'm doing it. I hope that uh, I win and by the time this airs, maybe I'll be sitting in Congress, but even if I'm not, I will have obeyed. And that is what we're called to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, it's so true. And and that's what we do here. This is an act of obedience for us with yeah. these films. I mean, it just gives me hope. And I love listening to Heidi and just the depth and the places that she's been mm-hmm. and, and just, hearing another godly woman just fighting for the next generation. It's like Micah Beckwith said, when you walk with warriors, the conversation is different. Yeah, absolutely. And she, when you're, when you're with people like Heidi and her husband, Jay, um, and, uh, people like Rob McCoy, mm-hmm. you get to spend some time with, who's also in the, uh, the dysphoria. New dysphoria. Yeah. Um, I can't even tell you, I mean, just mind blown but when you, when you're with, people who are on the front lines and mm-hmm. um you just feel like you fit in you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so so trust me you will find that group you yeah. will you will find the group that you mm-hmm. are supposed to be in just pray about where the lord would have you go because yeah. he's got a job for you there's a place for you in the kingdom building work it's it's like we've always the the, the long standing joke with independent filmmaking is you don't have to be crazy to do it but it kind of helps yeah. you know <laughs> so <laughs> that's just a yeah, get involved. Find those people that are like-minded and get involved. But yeah. I guess that's all we have. Well, oh, I would say leave people with one one thing to work on go, leading into the new year. Okay. And that is to... Read your Bible. Besides that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this is something that Rob McCoy challenged us on. Oh, yeah. Okay, number one, get a copy of the Constitution yes. and the Declaration of Independence. Yes. And read it. Yeah. Okay. Seven articles, twenty-seven amendments. Mm-hmm. Read the Constitution for yourself. You can it'll you can sit down and read it in a day, mm-hmm. less than a day, a couple hours. Read the Declaration of Independence, okay, and then if you can get a copy of your state's Constitution, take time and read that. And don't highlight. think that you guys, and don't think that it's too hard. It is not that hard. don't self-sabotage before you even get started i was taken to task indirectly at one of our screenings because uh, i um i forget what how the conversation went but i told everybody that i'm one of those people that i carry a copy of the constitution and declaration of independence (laughs) along with 
a small New Testament Bible mm -hmm. with me in my coat pockets. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm one of those people. And one of the guys said, do you, have, you carry the state constitution? And I said, uh, no, I don't think I've ever read the state constitution. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, he brought me a copy of it. <laughs> yeah. So now I have the state constitution. I've been going through that. So I challenge everybody to do that. And then also to identify who your senators, your uh, you know federal representative, your, your uh, federal senator, and then state level, mm -hmm. who your state senator, state representative is, your county level representatives, and your city level representatives. And don't forget your school boards. And your school boards. And this might take some time to figure out who these people are and write down their names so you know them by name, okay, and start praying for them by name, mm -hmm. okay, whether they're on the right side of things or not. Right. Start praying for them by name. That's the first step that I challenge everybody to take going into the new year because what, is the, Bible, what does the lot. scripture tell us? Scriptures tell us to pray for those in authority over us. Mm -hmm. Are you doing that? Am I doing that? I have no idea who my uh, city council members are. I'll admit it. I got to go figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all got homework. We all have homework to do. So January let's all do 2nd. this together. <laughs> January 2nd, we're going to meet back and we're going to all have done our homework. That's right. So please begin prayerfully considering a gift from the heart to Fearless Features on Giving Tuesday or even making an early donation today. I'm confident that if you're in agreement here and you're listening to this program, that we can all stand united for truth and righteousness found in the scriptures. So have a happy Thanksgiving, a blessed Christmas celebrating our Savior Jesus Christ, and take time uh, to reflect on all the Lord's goodness, then prayerfully and obediently follow his calling on your life. God bless you and God bless America. We will talk to you again in 2023. See you in 2023. <laughs> Amen. Amen.